Hey guys and gals, thanks for coming to our show. Here's some things we want you to know. A new service coming to Meltdown Comics, Moped Hero. $5 comic book delivery in Los Angeles, serving Hollywood, WeHo, Bev Hills, Echo Park, Silver Lake, Midtown, and Downtown. A proud partner with Meltdown Comics. What it is, is basically what it sounds like. A dude on a moped, going about Los Angeles, delivering you your comics. Forget Amazon, take up Moped Hero. Sign up at www.mopedhero.com or call 425-736-6476 and get those comics delivered via moped. The 13th Continuum Book Signing and Launch Party, 420, 7 p.m., Come celebrate the release of the 13th Continuum. There will be yummy treats, exclusive giveaways, special guests, and a book signing with author Jennifer Brody. Join us for this special event at the iconic Meltdown Comics. 1,000 years after a cataclysmic event leaves humanity on the brink of extinction, the descendants of the chosen survivors take refuge in 13 contingency shelters buried deep underground at the bottom of the ocean and in the far reaches of outer space. Myra must escape the tyrannical forces that rule their colonies, journey through the black depths of the ocean and across the cold void of space to find each other on the surface that their ancestors once called home. Attention, Meltcasters! Mention Meltcast inside Meltdown Comics and any variant cover is reduced to $5. Follow through with this exclusive deal today. everyone and welcome to Meltcast 3.0. My name is Derek Vandermillen and joining me today we have the other uh, part of the co-host equation, Mr. Aristotle Acevedo. That's me. Hello. Oh, we are lacking in uh, Mr. Eduardo Cordova because he is under the weather. Under the weather machine that is parked outside. Oh, I thought you were just going imply the matrix, but... No, he's, just, he's sleeping under the weather machine outside. That That's... That could explain almost what's going on. Yeah. It's been a weird week in Los Angeles. Were you, I assume you were awake for that thunderstorm? Yeah, was it happening? was, well, it woke me up for sure. Yeah. And I feel like I I woke up during the opening theory of it because it was like, it was okay and it was calm and I was like, hmm, what's going on? Then there was like one thunderclap oh. and then okay. it was just rain and hail and like one of those ones that was so foreign to me here in mm. terms of cuz i i've i've i moved here in a drought and mm. uh, it's not like it feels like we've fully gotten out of that just yet not yet so but something this kind of severe was, was like intense. was um was definitely something that made I, me go check all the windows yeah, and sort of batten down the hatches it also woke me up with like a very loud boom mm-hmm. and then my bed is right up to the window, so I just like had to look up and see dark skies, 
crazy rain, but the lightning was going for like, sure, like in a cartoon version of lightning, where the sky is just constantly lit up, yeah, and just small crackles throughout the distance, yeah. and one loud boom, and the hail was like hitting my window. Yeah, it it definitely woke me up, and I have a dog um, that likes to wake me up super early in the morning. Same. Um, so in the span of, I'd say, two and a half hours afterwards when he was like, yo, wake up, uh, it was sunny, completely yeah. sunny. It was gone. It it's was like it never happened. It was, a, it was definitely a one-night stand, um, this El Nino thing. Uh, it, I've, I've never had a one-night stand, and that's what it felt like. It had rained the, the previous morning, too. It just I felt a little ghosted. I felt uh, like it was like, hey, like, we've, been, we've been saying we were going to have a thing for quite a while, and uh, then when we finally reunite in the night, uh, I'm gone by morning. It was one big thing. Yep, but gone by the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's been building up like it's going to be some huge thing, and it was I mean, big it, for a second. It was, yeah. And we're probably going to get more, hopefully. Hopefully, not so hopefully, because I hate it. But that, like, I I like that schedule of it being really early in the morning or yeah. late at night or whatever, and then by the day it'd be sunny and fine. It's chill. That's, that's a pretty good it, routine. It also have. has been pretty consistent in terms of, like, just... Raining every once in a while instead of like a whole week of mm-hmm. just massive downpour and then not again for months. Yeah. It's been it's been a pretty pleasant interval. So that's the uh, weather report uh, for you here at Meltdown Comics. Um, we're gonna well, do it, some. It's been crazy because of that weather oh, machine, and also the weather machine. <laughs> and uh, the weather machine might have played a, a factor in the earthquake that I felt. Did you feel it? When. Might not have happened on on your side of the mountains, but yeah, it happened this afternoon. Oh, I did not. And it's always crazy when like just a mild one happens that you really, unless you're like sitting or laying down, like you would you wouldn't know. Yeah, you would just that's... assume like somebody ran on the floor below you, and you were like, oh, they're getting rambunctious down there. Um, but definitely felt some rumbles and some things were shaking in my room, and then. With oh. through doors closed, like my it, well, not like that, yeah. but like that at the same time. Um, my my roommate goes, "Hey man, did you feel that?" I go, "Yeah." Was that an earthquake? Yeah, I think so. Huh? So, to those of you that aren't in a portion of the country where earthquakes happen, sometimes they can completely just be this downplayed Tiny thing. Little yep. Just oh, that was a rumble. That was a burp. Um, but some quick housekeeping at the top of the hour. Uh, we're going to be having a signing for Mr. Daniel Klaus's new book, Patience, on the 18th. That is the day after St. Patrick's Day. So uh, if you were not 100% uh, uh, um, hurt by the hangover um, brigade, um, come on down to... Uh, 7522 Sunset Boulevard and get your copy of Patience Signed. We still have um, quite a few copies. It's a really sweet deal, actually. A pretty thick, hardcover book for only $30, which usually a hardcover coming from Marvel for a third the size is probably $35. Mm. Um, Not to take shots, but uh, overpriced. This is a good deal. This is a good Uh, deal, and get it signed by the man himself. Uh, we're going to be having that event um, uh, for a good portion throughout the day, yeah. so stop from on what by. I, from what else I've heard, there's also going to be some little exclusive special merch here at the store. There will be. 
Yeah. There will be. I don't we, know if I can, if we can say that. We we can't say anything okay. too much beyond that, but yes, there will be exclusive to the shop um deals and um maybe a few other appearances as well. Yeah. Um then the day after, day right after, what do you we get to sleep over the store? Yeah. It would make things super easier. I'm not uh, sure you can, but well, I'll sleep outside the store. That happens. Yeah. Uh Zine Melt. Zine Melt is a zine fair, zine fest zine show zine marketplace type deal i haven't i haven't pin pinpoint pin down the yeah. exact word i want to use to describe it because i feel like they all work i think but. uh i think zine hits it on the head Z- yeah zine just come buy some zines we got a <laughs> bunch of people tabling they're gonna be here at the store uh you'd be supporting local artists a lot of them are uh great friends of ours here at the store some of them Previous guests, Mr. Dave Baker and Nicole Goo. Some of them eventual guests, Sam Grinberg, who who uh, was a co-curator of the mm-hmm. Peanut Show and will be on the show eventually one day. Busy guy. A lot of the local artists are working ten times as hard to break through that barrier of not just being local, but but also uh, getting the, the big publishers to notice them. To notice them, but also like having jobs like Sam. Right. Sam works for The Simpsons. Boom, right. boom, boom, boom. And um, we had uh, we had our um, guest on, Mr. Uh, Melthology himself, Chuck. Chuck, who also, again, he has a, he has his own day job. So a lot of these mm-hmm. artists are people that um, need your support, need you to come out and uh, and see their stuff. Um, but it's also very fun because it's, it's all- L.A. type. It's LA type people. Uh, it's all DIY. I want to mm-hmm. say handmade, but that's that's varying degrees of like some people literally right. drew this comic. Some Other people, people like have you know photocopied it. Yeah, yes. yeah. They're but, very clean. We sell them in store here. Um, it's actually one of the the prides that we have here at the store is how many of the people um, from Zine Melt uh, also get a display in store here. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Very happy with it. Also, a new addition to the Meltcast uh, brand is the Meltcast Instagram, which we have started. Uh, we've gotten um, some really good pictures up, including one you took a snapshot of for XSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got me midway of whispering to the camera, and it just instantly made me think of, and I had to reply, um, of when Jim Carrey leans into Matthew Broderick's ear mm. and goes... The password is foreskin. <laughs> uh, that's that's what that caption was to me. Um, so there's there's a lot of uh, good things on there from little uh, pictures that we take of each other, and also the artists that come in um, and art that we we think is is fun and should be featured um, from any of the books in store. So keep mm-hmm. an eye out for that Instagram. That's at Meltcast 3.0. Not at Melcast, because there is another one at mm-hmm. Melcast. We are at Melcast 3, 3. period O. Yes. Which is definitely going to make things tricky when you're thinking about Twitter, because on Twitter we are at, at Melcast, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> it's just to keep things fun and spicy. Anyway, so that is the opening at the top of the hour. The big thing of the week that I'm sure by this point social media will have like dissected and chopped it up into little... Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, bite-sized bits. The Civil War trailer. 
of a Civil War. First film <laughs> for Phase Three. Yes, first Captain film America. Phase three. Uh, first thing I wanted to say, get out of the way. I'm. I was so happy to see Ant Man riding on Hawkeye's arrow. Yeah, that's all I wanted, and now I got it, and I'm excited to see it on a big screen. I'm so happy. It was probably the thing that I knew coming in here most would be something you'd want to talk about that would make you happy and get you pumped. It was almost like they were like, huh, how can we get Aristotle's complete and full attention? <laughs> um, but it was definitely, I think, the high point for me um, of the trailer. I know there was the obvious high point. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, that we'll get to. But yes, it was a really cool um, uh, little clip to see. Ant-Man riding on Hawkeye's arrow, going through the fingers of Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Which, um, if we were to complete that, I wonder if he's just going to, like, hop into the suit and, and, oh, and tamper like, it. Yeah. it from the inside. Yeah, you did That's, the uppercut, because that would, that would be a pretty the, crippling blow. A very action-y shot. But um, I, to I didn't even Iron consider Man. that, because that, uh, that's in one of the older issues where uh, Iron Man gets locked up in his suit. And so Ant-Man has to go inside of his suit to oh, really? fix him or else he's going to die. So now right. this is the little more action-packed version of that. Yeah. Um, not so much friends, ally version of that. Yeah. Um, that's what I would think um, that it's going to lead to. But you're right. It might just be an uppercut because that scene seems to be the uh, big clash moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Though, who knows? Yeah. But uh, another scene that I, I forgot about and I, I would like to bring more attention to is how awesome Black Panther is. There's yeah. that scene where I think he's uh, fighting the Winter Soldier, and then like bullets start raining down upon them. And yeah. it's really quick, but you can see like the bullets just bounce right off his suit. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did somebody just tickle <laughs> my back right now? Yeah. I was uh, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, because we forget <laughs> vibranium is uh, what his suit is composed of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Black Panther, I think he looks really cool. I think it was um, the suit. This for this film in particular, I I I know that vision is a little different um in talking character and character design. Um but uh I vision with there was plenty of parts that were like sort of CG mm. about him and it didn't bother me. And I'm not necessarily bothered by Black Panther, but it is very he was sort of the first like full version of uh like a CG costume that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, did we need that CG? Okay. Well, there's like that I was happy cuz it's a more of a mechanized version. Yeah. I I know what you mean because there was the previous trailer. Mhm. Uh that's the other thing that that kind of like we're feeding into it, but it drives me nuts that What's that? We get so into trailers. It's like, well, it's not the movie. We'll know when the movie comes. Right. But um it's just the culture now. Yeah, I mean, the, of like every little the detail. teaser and the three main. I can tell trailers. you this movie is going to be great or yeah. horrible by this trailer. Yeah, but um, the previous trailer, there's that shot of him, and it's kind of just him turning around really quick, and the suit doesn't look CGI at all, which it looked good, but also looked kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And so with the, I, I don't know, the the CGI version of the suit just looked really good, sleek. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't real distracting, but just sort of mm. like, oh, I wonder how many, how ma- I I just want to know what it looks like non yeah. CG, and it's like how much does that enhance the experience? You know what I mean? Because mm. 
I I think I'd feel weird if it, if um if the like scope of these uh movies just grow and grow and grow and grow and we're including more and more and more heroes, how many of them are gonna sort of be these CG shoot suits? How many of them how many are, are gonna be practical uh, under roofs? Under roofs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so no, no, no. Oh, we'll segue. Good. We'll segue into the... it. to under roofs. So that was the key word <laughs> to introduce the man of the hour for the Civil War trailer. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, played by Tom Holland. So we got that glimpse. Everyone, I mean, that is what made the internet go, yeah! Yeah. Um, Everyone creamed their... Because it was, it was expected, unexpected. We all knew he was going to be in the movie. We're all dying to know what he looks like. Watching the trailer, I was like, eh, maybe we'll see him, maybe we won't. I don't yeah. know, maybe we won't. Yeah. And then it ends, and I'm like, oh, okay, we, that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. Of, I'm getting impatient with this. Underoos! Yeah. And there he fucking yeah, is. Yeah, it was very much the... There's when you look at um, trailers and you talk about the form of a lot of different trailers, uh, that was that was definitely the button like reveal. Like yeah. we had seen the trailer and then it's like, oh, that was a good trailer, and then they do oh, the thing that's oh, like, by the way, blow your mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, I that was another. See, if we want to talk about the reason why I kind of went there with Black Panther was, be- was because, because of I can't exactly tell. You can't tell about like it, it seems extremely CG obviously this. CG his suit, mm-hmm. but it, it's also just like so simple that it could just not be CG. His eyes obviously are, or not. Yeah, but I like just because of how tight fitting it is. It looks very CG, but the I don't yeah, know. It's it it um. It almost reads more CG to me than mm-hmm. than Black Panther. I I mean that I. It's because the eye mechanism, I'm like, I'm sure they didn't work that out yeah. practically. Um, so, it, and he's holding Captain America's shield. I feel like, I don't know if, how many people yeah. put a lot of emphasis on that, but that was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's, he disarms him and kind of webs him with mm. like web cuffs, um, which I'm sure he's just going to rip through because super soldiers see him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, to some people, the eyes were really important. Yeah. Um, a lot of people wanted the, like, eyeliner look to Spider-Man that I just like don't... Like the really thin black line? Well, the, no, the thin white with the thick black line. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Yeah, which I, is essentially what happens when he sort of glares or squints. When, yeah. Um, which I is assume it's moment. like a zoom, but... Yeah, could be. Um, could be an enhanced, like... Way if we get like a glimpse into his his webhead, um, like we do Iron Man from mm-hmm. time to time, that could be what's going on. When you stop and think about it, I just kind of thought of this now. People would be like, "Oh my God, why would you show us Spider Man?" I mean, we didn't know it was coming, but maybe the even bigger reveal is that we'll get Iron Spider. Oh shit! You know that's kind of a yeah, thing. Something. We mm-hmm. because they are showing us only certain things. It is almost making you forget about the source material mm-hmm. of what of what all happens. I mean, that would almost to me be weird if Iron Spider doesn't show up. That was like one of the highest points of that. Uh, even though it happened early on, was when Spider Man said, "I'm Team Cap." He got a suit out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so th- that'll be crazy when we see Iron Spider fully lived. Assuming, assuming. I mean, yeah. If yeah, if it happens. Yeah. The other, it's so funny, and I feel like there's so many versions of it that 
no one, you know, not everyone's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But the little spider on his chest is so funny because it's so little. It is very tiny. <laughs> um, I think it's, yeah, I, definitely hearkening back to old school for sure. But it's segmented a little mm-hmm. on the shoulders um, and the elbow and uh, the boots. It's and broken up. I like the look. It's good. It's simple. It Yeah, it's, it feels like a very safe, clean bet. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I can admit that um, Raimi's Spider-Man was a little little padded, yoked. like, And I don't know if it was just because maybe Toby wasn't tall enough to make the appearance of like lean, slender spider. Mm-hmm. But he was the most like bulked version, it seemed like. And then Andrew Garfield was much leaner yeah. and sleek. And I, I thought the suit was okay. Honestly, for the both of them, they were not so true to um, comic form, but they weren't distracting to me. Yeah, they were fine. And, and if anything, I felt like Spider-Man, in a way, needed most an adaptation to his costume. And I thought, even though at the time, Raimi's Spider-Man wasn't, wasn't bad in, in terms of that, um, I, liked, I liked it, despite it looking a little padded. Mm-hmm. Um this one, I don't know if it's just because it's so traditional that it was. I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't like I was like, wow, no, my God, no way. <laughs> um, it was just a. Uh, it was more interesting to me how like young Tom Holland sounds. Yeah, that's I. I like. Uh, yeah, I noticed that, and, and it's like, like he sounds okay, like such a little child. Yeah, we are really banking on a young, young, young Peter mm-hmm. uh, Peter Parker, not a. Uh, we're gonna make him graduate within the first film. No, you know that's, Peter Parker. Like that's what they've said is that they want the young teenage, uh, quirky Peter Parker. Yeah, so. which in the comics right now because we talked about it a little bit. Um, Miles Morales had his um, big. Well, I'm. I don't want to be known as the Black Sp- Spider Man, yeah. and I. I think Miles has just become more. I shouldn't say a more interesting character because the way mm-hmm. that they're treating Park, uh, Peter Parker is he because he's a cool hero. We like him. He is kind of like, oh, man, you do have a cooler suit. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to go back to being Peter, you know. And at this point, he's gone on such a journey of his body had Doc Ock in it. And now he's returned. And there's this weird, like, was Doc Ock doing more? Mm-hmm. With my body than what I was doing originally, um, that now it's like I I can't even I don't know where I would take him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different angles that I think about different comic book characters of. Oh, I would try this. I would do this. I don't know. That's tricky. It, it just seems like such a open field for Miles, but like a trickier thing for Peter. So when I think about like the films to come. Tom Holland, I, even like the narrative beats in like a movie, we've gotten so many villains. We there's also a few villains we haven't gotten. That's true. But I don't know. It's going to be tricky. It's it, it it it's interesting that he's sort of a one shotty character, and the main conflict is amongst other established Marvel heroes. Mm. Uh, but that'll be that'll we'll, be Sony's thing to figure out. We'll 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 get they'll get to him because he yeah. has his own movie coming. Yeah. Um, um, also. Sony mm-hmm. apparently working on a Venom movie. 
yeah, unrelated to I, all of this. I saw that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had somebody come into the store and they were talking about, well, Deadpool showed us that an R-rated movie is not going to hurt, you know, chances. And somebody was like, I would want just a creepy horror Venom, That'd you know, cool. movie. Yeah. And I do think about it. It's like, well, if it was just like a copy-paste um, establishment uh, comic book movie format, I don't know if I'd race to the theaters to see Venom. But if yeah. it was like this like weird, sordid horror movie, That'd be, that's, that's, that would be... Well, that would be pretty nuts. At this point now, I don't know, but that's what I was hoping for from Doctor Strange. That it would be mm-hmm. like a psychedelic, scary, creepy movie. Like a gothic yeah. sort of take. Though so far all the pictures have been like the Sanctum Sanctorum and then him in the suit. So uh, I don't know how much that'll be, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, wh- what would you think about a um, Guillermo Doctor Strange, Strange. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be for you. So perfect. Yeah. That'd, that'd be well, uh, gratifying. Not even for me. I think he would. He would do it super he, well. He could do it yeah. really well. Yeah. He he definitely. He's he has the horror and like, um, eerie vibe down for sure. He, and in a way, he he showed some magical elements in like Pan's Labyrinth, mm. uh, for sure. But like, not mystic with a capital M. You know what I mean? That mm. is sort of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Realm, and I'd love to see that. I know that um, for the longest time, I had heard pretty strong rumors, and people had come in the shop that were closer to the project, or at least people near. Of he had such a good pitch for a Justice League Dark that Warner oh. Brothers was like, uh, "We we love it. We we really do. Let us get Justice League off the ground." Um, and I just think of like all the directors, and yeah, he would be on a very short list of directors. I think that could do a really kick-ass mm-hmm. Justice League Dark. So I hope that everything goes according to plan in uh, the DC Extended Universe, and we get that for sure. Um, so that was the Civil War trailer. What what else did you think? Any other uh, last closing thoughts? Not necessarily about Civil War, but after uh, last week's episode where we talked about the Ghostbusters trailer, mm. I then later saw how how much negative backlash there was to that, and I was like, yeah, God, let's 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 dear God. go back yeah. to that because that was definitely um, something that we we could uh, talk about because I also wanted to sh- sort of plot what we've seen in terms of like trailers. Um, because well, let's let's talk about the negative backlash and some of the things that people had gripes about. Um, what did you see the most frequently? Uh, a lot of people saying it's not about it being female. It just looks bad. I was like, no, it looks pretty great. It looks good. It looks funny. Uh, a lot of people, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of a valid issue of whether, like, is this in that same universe or is this, <laughs> like, a completely brand new reboot? Yeah. Not... I assume it's the same universe because it said 30 years later yeah. at the top of the trailer. Well, I I think I mean we're going to ha- we're going to live in the reality where there is a all female cast Ghostbusters. Yeah, like that's happening. And I think <laughs> our our current environment sometimes preemptively gets enraged about things that haven't fully come to fruition yet. Exactly. Like any person that I've talked to in the shop and I think the majority of the reception was pretty pretty good uh, here in the shop. Mm. 
all of the male customers, I, I haven't even had one idiot be like, well, I just think it's dumb that they're doing No one's even no one's even come close to saying that. Yeah. Um, I think if you go searching for Twitter for any counterpoint to your own, you're going to find them and yeah. it's and it's always going to create friction. So, uh, at least on this programming, the argument that it's lame because it's an all female Ghostbusters, that's not this, it's not true. It's not grounded, and it's like get over it. You're, you're a very dated model. If that's if you and if you're like trying to kind of hide that, I just don't think you're a part of the majority of people that just think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I will say is, some of the backlash that I saw was kind of how I I felt, and I didn't want to ruin anyone's fun because it's also the first trailer and we really should it's just like just take like, it for what it is it's just a trailer but <laughs> i really was not impressed with the way the ghosts look somebody look cool. referred to them as bad video game like graphic characters mm. and i went yeah that's about how i felt because it, it does it looks like current era vfx done in post that is a little lifeless, you know? And the thing about those those practical effects, and, and I've, I said this on XSN, I'm not usually somebody that is such a hard, like, no, practical over VFX, because there's a number of things out there now that show, no, bad VFX are what suck. Yeah. Good VFX, when done right, you shouldn't even notice, you know, happen. When you've there's, done your job right. Exactly. Like, oh, well, fuck, what is it? Um, it's a Futurama thing, but never mind. Sorry. Oh, um, but somebody, somebody at home is like, oh, I know that quote. Um, <laughs> but I, I, there was a weird sort of the limitations of what you can do with like a physical thing of making it just creepy as hell gives it that sort of life that I feel like it needs to actually make it creepy. So when they do a side-by-side comparison, I go, oh, I know the the waxy puppet that that is from the original like i i'm aware of that but it is still creepier because mm-hmm. it's a tangible thing that it, like my eye just knows that whereas like the vfx like the glowy kind of like sleight of hand of like if we just illuminate it and make it look like this really bright ghost that kind of has a weird gaze mm-hmm. then it'll be scary um and and that was one of the things that i can remember as a kid where I was terrified to watch it, but I loved it. Mm. There's just parts where I'd be like, kind of a little pussy about it, and just be like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna use this excuse to go to the bathroom while it just like plays and not try to pause it. Mm. Um, So that I can remember eventually appreciating that it kind of taught me to like get over my fear. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Um, Because then it'd be followed up with like a snarky Bill Murray or someone that would instantly sort of discredit the threat. Yeah. Um, but it didn't take away from how truly terrifying Zool was and the devil dogs and things like that, you know? Um, and how scary of a painting mm-hmm. in Ghostbusters 2 that guy's gaze was. Um, uh, Vigo. Yeah, so the backlash on the VFX I felt was grounded. I don't think that they particularly went for too many laughs, um, which was something that I... There's a few jokes in there. They were good there, jokes. There was, a few, there was a few jokes in there, but it, it, it felt more to me like the... Um, when we talk about trailers, when we talk about the different beats hit in each of them, mm. it reminded me of Jurassic World, which it is 
a little like uh, a, a pre-existing property that's being adapted that is playing on this on this idea of nostalgia mm-hmm. that things have changed, but we want you to treat it as we're returning back to form, mm-hmm. not giving you a sequel that um, is going to take characters you love in a different direction, but offer you something new while still being familiar. Familiar, yeah. Um, that's what I felt like the first trailer was. And when we talked about Spider-Man um, just a few moments ago, that button reveal at the end mm. made me think of the same beat of the Doomsday reveal yeah. at the very end. The, you know, it, it, it's like that. We have you. We do. But for those of you that are kind of on the edges, this is going to be in the movies. So just go see it because you like that character. Mm. You know what I mean? That type of beat. The other, well, I guess the difference there, though, for me... In my mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah, is that we all knew Spider Man was going to happen, right? Because that was like l- literally a huge deal mm-hmm. between Sony and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Whereas Doomsday, I don't know that anybody knew that was going to happen. No one knew for that sure. That was like yeah. that was like a truly massive surprise. Yeah, and I suppose I should preface that it is a probably a Doomsday 1.0, which we yeah, meant that we'll probably store because I, I feel like if that is the case, where we're like oh, this is Doomsday with a capital D, then there's going to be everyone splitting hairs of that son's origin. He kills Superman. Like, there's... I, I think it's Lex being like, I'm going to try something, and it's just a it's a version of Doomsday that gets beaten. Mm-hmm. And then... He'll the, come back. Yeah. The, in classic Doomsday fashion of, I learn from my mistakes, and I come back as a new improved model. But um, what are some other thoughts about Ghostbusters? People were saying that it ruined their childhood, and fuck your childhood. <laughs> <That's>, fuck <laughs> off. Like, it's... Ghostbusters is a good movie. Yeah. I'm not going to argue for it. Yeah. I'm not going to say it changed my life. Yeah. I'm not going to argue the same way I would argue Spaceballs is great. <laughs> because I would say Spaceballs is a is better movie. Than Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Oh, Okay. Cool. Uh, putting it out. There. Yeah, if you're listening at home and you want to jump on the Twitter and uh, and throw agreement well, towards Aristotle, or if you want to be like, no, don't you ever say that about Ghostbusters? Not that they free could even like be at compared. Meltcast, but, um, but I do think I uh, think Spaceballs is a funnier movie. Let's let's throw that out there. So for those of you listening, um, we'll get the uh, Ghostbusters or Spaceballs uh, question thrown out there, and you can Boom. all respond. Um, yeah, I. Uh, th- there was another thing that came up about Leslie Jones being the only he, non-scientist. Yeah, and again, kind of, uh... I just feel like it's an example of us wanting to be enraged yeah. about something that's barely, barely there. <laughs> you know, it, I, I know what you mean. Like, it's like, because well, that's, that's the story that they wrote. But also it is, uh, there are three white characters that but are scientists. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um... The character she's an analog in the original. Of, he uh, wasn't. He just came in looking for a job. Yeah, he, exactly. But I mean, we still change that. that right. Have to be the exact, I, well, yeah. they didn't. You know mm. what I mean. So it is almost staying the exact true form. So yeah. to me, anyone that's trying to bring that up, you ha- you just have to ignore them because they're an idiot. Because we already have an example of that. Yeah, like you they know did that I mean? in the first one. That that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. We had a character that was not a scientist. No one was really up in arms because of how cool of a concept that is. Mm -hmm. He's a late addition to this team of scientists that's like, can I drive you around? Can I be a part of it? Can I 
be in this crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So I, I uh, the, the things that upset me most uh, was how much we gave attention. And this is just a, a larger, larger issue. Um, I feel like that is um, permeating into our political strife right now of just d- don't give any attention to, you know, idiots. Just yeah. don't. Because all it does is, like, makes people really angry about something we really are all in agreement on, mm-hmm. but just makes it seem like they're a bigger threat than what they are. No no one is upset that that Leslie Jones, like, it, it, that's a cool element that she's not a scientist. It would be so boring if there was four scientists on the team. It's like, okay, the, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all scientists. Um, and I, I, I think if there's anything to be said, it's just how unoriginal it is. Cause it's already been done. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, but, but again, when we're dealing with nostalgia films, uh, that are returning to form, the analog of everything is very important, I mm-hmm. think to studios. Um, so, uh, I think when we talk about now, if I had to predict something about Ghostbusters 2, uh, the first, it seems like the first trailer is always about establishing the tone. They wanted you to see what's the dynamic of the group, what is the vision of the film, and what's the artistic direction that they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely a, a very sentimental um, approach with the soft piano playing the theme, and then it goes kind of dubstepy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine in the second one, it's just going to be all about it. There will be one character reveal, probably Slimer at the end, like we've done with Doomsday, like we've done with Spider-Man. Well, we got Slimer in this one. Did we? Yeah, did I just miss it? There little, oh, okay. Yeah. I did see that thumbnail. But maybe probably more of him or more of Chris Hemsworth, like the uh, the UK or Australian version. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, but, it'll, be, it'll feature him a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe we'll see... You know, this is just me speculating. I have no. This is me throwing out. I've. I have no rumor. Like we'd see a Zool shot. Yeah, of like which, what this villain actually looks. Yeah, like or which I think Zool, um, with a crew of all ladies, I think that'd be a really interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it, it would again be analog, but mm-hmm. uh, it, I I could see that happening. And then the third would just be about hundred percent fun. Like you've seen it. You might be on the fence. Let's just maybe make you enjoy the trailer, and then, and then there's the movie. Um, so yeah, uh, I think it looks great. Yeah, just go see it. Yeah, don't be a little bitch. <laughs> um, some other uh, nerd news that came up. Uh, there was a article that didn't have too much, too much to say, but it was circulating quite a bit. It was Christian Bale um, saying that he didn't quite nail. Superman or Batman, excuse me, Batman, Batman, Batman. Um, which uh, <laughs> I am enraged. Yeah, he didn't get Superman right because he never played him. Um, which I can't say that it's surprising because I feel like he is this. Either he walks this line of wanting to be, or is, or I don't. I I think too many people give him like a really hard time, but he is somebody that holds himself accountable. I think and. Uh, rides a line of just like really wanting it and really mm-hmm. trying. So I I'm not surprised that there'd be something now that he's 
a few years removed from the final film that he goes, yeah, there's some things I wasn't satisfied with because he was like, nope, all my films were great. That's like a that's a dick yeah. attitude to have. So, um, but I just didn't. There was some, there was this weird like everyone was so quick to be to almost agree with him, and it was just like. It was a very. I, I just feel like it. I've watched people turn their backs on the Dark Knight trilogy quickly now, and and move mm. to this like sort of poking fun at it more now that we're removed. It's like, and I know there's still tons of fans. Yeah, tons of fans. Like that's that. I think they don't even. Changer. Yeah, I don't. I think they don't even need to really um, uh, say too much of like this is a great you know franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was uh, he to me he changed the game a hundred percent. There was no Batman before that was like, well, I I need to look like Bruce Wayne um, when he's about to get into the cowl, not yeah. Bruce Wayne when he's in a suit, which every other you know character, every other actor before um, gave us that. But he he went from. 98-pound machinist to, like, 230-pound version of of Batman. So he raised the bar. Whatever whatever he might still be hanging on to that he didn't like about his portrayal, um, I think is probably just a remnant of we didn't get it right in terms of writing, in terms of Mm. plot holes, in terms of, like, a grand legacy. I didn't read read the article, but I saw the headline and thought, Mm. Well, not to. I didn't agree with it because he's great. He's yeah. a great actor. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. But in the Dark Knight, in particular, mm-hmm. I always felt, even before this, that like Batman is the important character, obviously. Right. But Heath Ledger as the Joker is like the shining star of that movie. For sure. That it's. It's hard to like, yeah. be like no, you you like you were this. It's like yeah. pleasure, fucking yeah. It, and that was the thing. Uh, I was really the phrasing that at least the articles made out to say was um, Heath came along and ruined what I was doing, and that was very pointed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It seems kind of contradictory to the attitude he had. Um, you know, at the time when people were asking him directly about Heath uh, when he was doing press for Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably just Christian Bale, um, you know, th- thinking that that's a, that's still an attest, uh, that's still a compliment to Heath mm-hmm. of just how much he brought his A game and was like, man, I really was unprepared for how that was going to transpire. Yeah. Um, and I think anytime you talk about the second film in a franchise, um, it's almost always going to be about the villain more so mm-hmm. than I think the hero in terms of an audience goer because we saw the hero and and whatever the first villain was and it's a little bit about is this hero going to work in the first film of this franchise? Is this actor going to work? So the focus is on the hero. And the second, it's how is the threat changed? Mm-hmm. And it is a little more, I think, a focus on the villain. When you talk about Empire Strikes Back, the big moment is revealed by the villain. Um, Dark Knight, 
you know, Heath's Heath's performance alone, uh, the Joker would have like made everyone his placement in the second film is gonna make anyone about the Joker, and then he just sort of transcended it. So, um, uh, if whatever way or capacity Christian Bale hears this, don't be so hard on yourself, mate. You're doing you're doing great, um, and you did great, and uh, I think and you're amazing. I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> um, on another Batman related note. There was another casting uh, um, yeah. occurrence that happened in J.K. Simmons playing Commissioner Gordon in Justice League Part One. Now, interestingly enough, uh, I was um, I was sitting on the toilet um, <laughs> when I got that news, and I was almost so excited that I stood up off the toilet, <laughs> and I was I was surprised by how excited it made me because I honestly think that. Commissioner Gordon, like, they did such a good job, again, not to heap too much praise on to the Dark Knight, um, but they did such a good job with Gordon and his, like, his necessary part in the trinity of Batman, Two-Face, and Gordon, uh, that I just, I felt like, oh, whoever they get for Gordon next, uh, sure, will be okay, but I'm such a fan of that guy, of yeah. J.K. Simmons, and now that he's been on the Marvel side and is now doing DC... And I know that he can. It's not like we're gonna just get Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, you know like he's, he's he's a versatile actor. He is, and I really want to see what he'll bring to a more weathered, probably you know, with the white hair and the stash and the glasses and the trench coat. Um, I just I was so surprised by how excited that made me and made me go, yes, that's gonna make it even more full and complete film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you, J.K. Simmons. Great actor. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what he does. Though, I feel like we just uh, like it's we can't go again without mentioning uh, J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. or um, Gary Oldman. Yeah, like having already seen these characters played by these people. Yeah, in like such relatively short amount of time, and not just short amount of time, but they like. Boom. Yeah. J.K. Simmons is now J. Jonah Jameson no in my brain able. forever. Yeah, no and one... so like watching all the all these characters be cast again yeah. is like that that looks kinda weird. I yeah. get it, but this looks weird. Why does it look weird? And I was like, uh oh, I think I think like here's what I think's different was that that was such a that's Jonah, and that's almost always been J. Jonah Jameson in comics forever. So mm-hmm. that's why it's gonna be a tough act for anyone to follow in the films to come after him. Mm-hmm. I think that was such a specific still still true to form Gordon in the Bat films, but because of the specific aesthetic they brought to it that just worked really well in the film medium, that's that that I just did like a grudge noise into the the mic. Um, Unrelated, real quick. They're making a grudge versus the ring. Oh wow! Yeah, that was one of the most coolest digressions that's ever <laughs> happened um, in comic talk. Um, I I think that I will be able to completely appreciate J.K. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's um, we got a really good Gordon. Um, out of why is why is he slipping my name? I had it just a second ago in Dark Knight. 
Gary Oldman, right? Gary Oldman, yeah. Okay. God, um, I just haven't eaten today. That's what it is. Um, uh, we got such a good Gordon out of him, mm-hmm. but he's not the like that is Gordon to me. You know what I mean? Mm. It it's just because it's like it would almost be like apples or oranges, like the true to comic book form version. When I get it, if it is J.K. Simmons, then maybe that'll be like that's that'll Gordon to him. me. And also, that's- Gordon is is Commissioner. You know. Um, uh, or no, God, Gary Oldman is commissioner in a different way. You yeah. Know? Um, but that being said, that's going to be in Justice League Part 1. Um, and I have gotten tickets finally for Batman vs. Superman. I'm going to see it at the Chinese Theater. Um, not in IMAX. Because um, as equally as excited, um, Pauline really wanted to go with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend and uh, she was like when are we getting tickets so when I'm such a diehard fan and she like asked a question before I was like oh yeah you're right they're probably on sale now <laughs> um, I was like okay we'll go and we're both I think we both were like yeah we don't need to see it the first viewing um, in IMAX the, s- the second viewing after I know the story and I've seen it and experienced it all I'll see it in IMAX uh, see if that adds anything to it which usually when I see it at at Chinese Cedar, it's it's much better than I think I've seen other IMAXs. Um, um, or 3D, excuse me. I'm definitely seeing it in IMAX, but not, not 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, um, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, and I'm not going Thursday night. Like, I really want to, but it's because I work Thursday night here, and yeah. I work all day Friday the following... I don't want to take a day off, so I'm seeing it Saturday. I'm just going to have the whole day to prepare and well, day and a half to sort of ignore comments. Uh, try to ignore. Of, of <laughs> what happens in it. Um, so, yeah, but that's, that's my plan. It's a good plan. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, we should probably move on to, to the books. picks of the week, 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 week. That was a good echo you threw on there. Yeah, it was. What's okay. What do you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about... Let's get the Marvel book out of the way, because I'm bringing a Marvel book to the table. Me too. Happens from time to time, <laughs> as much as I ring the DC bell. Um, the first book uh, that I want to talk about Whoa. is Mockingbird, number one. And the creative team behind this one is Chelsea Kane as the writer. Uh, Kate and Kate, I'm sorry, we're bad with names. Uh, Nimchik? Nimchik? I think C-Z-Y-K. Um, and then the color artist, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, and this was a very fun, this is what I would include in the camp of Let's take this property and make them fun again. Um, so Mockingbird, who um, is a character that um, is undergoing some medical examinations in this first issue. She gets a dossier write-up um, for S.H.I.E.L.D. Medical Lab, where she's being, um, she's sort of being examined. 
where they explain who she is for people like myself who kind of had like a rough understanding of who she is, but not necessarily of what her origin is or what her powers are, Um, which to quote um, Maria Hill in the Avengers movies uh, for Scarlet Witch, she's kind of weird and Mockingbird (laughs) is kind of weird in this one. Um, And they explain that she uh, is a patient that received an experimental treatment comprised of two unregulated, highly volatile drugs, super soldier serum and infinity formula. Ooh. Um, which both carry the potential for side effects. Um, and in this, it's just completely tongue-in-cheek. Um, they, they after the medical dossier, which they show there, um, and there's two pens on, like, a clipboard. This is, this is one page uh, panel of um, what looks like you're actually holding a uh, clipboard with her, her write-up. Um, and there's two pens that say extremists. Mm. Um, in a font that's very much like uh, Pfizer or something like that. So I thought that was kind of cool and and tongue-in-cheek. And she's in the waiting room uh, for uh, this place. And um, Tony Stark is there. All the Marvel, like not all the Marvel characters, but some that get beat up pretty frequently or or have something are there. And Tony Stark is reading a book on gonorrhea. Of course. Which I thought was very fun, tongue-in-cheek. Um. She is reading organic chemistry, two very different subjects, and Hercules just keeps coming in, um, wounded all the time ah. as the scrapper. Um, of course, that's there, and they uh, basically walk her through a series of tests that are depicted in a very childlike way, very childlike sir, um, um, psychology. So they ask her what her paranoia level is and point to the face. And there's a progression of, like, sad faces and happy faces. Um, And she's like, okay, I'm at a five. And then they hearken back to when she threatened uh, Tony Stark. And she's like, okay, maybe a six. So then they show her sarcasm chart. And it's already at a really high level on the first visit. Um, so yeah, it's just all these, these fun examples of, of her being like, uh, like, why is this a part of my involvement with S.H.I.E.L.D.? Why do I keep going through these examinations? And they, they definitely withhold, um, explaining certain things to sort of pique your interest. Like, you don't know how much she's hallucinating because they keep saying, they keep mentioning these hallucinating white zombies that are showing up, um, Mm -hmm that are weirdly connected to these pinballs or no um, ping pong balls that she keeps making disappear. So again, another example of she's just really weird. <laughs> um, and then there's a mention of a Corgi, um, which you Corgi lovers, uh, oh, one nice. definitely appears in this, which I didn't know if that was an in joke from previous or if it's just a completely random new thing that they're adding. Um, but it is, one of the more fun books that I've read for a character that I didn't necessarily know too much about. Um, so I am definitely excited to continue reading Mockingbird. Uh, so go pick up number one here in the shop. We still have um, a good amount of copies left. Uh, and yeah, that's all I, was, I have to say. I noticed something when you were flipping through the pages. Yes. On the very first page, uh-huh. we see them walking on a carpet mm. from The Shining. Mm. It wasn't until you told me to do to flip to that. Yes, you're 100 percent right. The classic. Like, oh. 
the classic pattern of the uh, shining uh, carpet of a of a egg in a uterus, if you will. We watched yeah room two, two whatever three, two, two three, three seven. seven. Okay, two three. There seven. we go. Yeah. Jinx. Um, yeah, because they explain about how it's open when it rolls to him, cut to a different shot, and it's closed mm-hmm. within the hexagon. Um, yeah. Uh, man, there's so much theory that can be teased out of that. <laughs> yeah, so that they definitely hearken to that in the very last one. So my guess is then, if that's what they're setting up in the first, there's probably a good deal of hallucination that could go on in this. Nice. Um, or so, maybe things that you should be looking for. Yeah. Like the cans in the background. That feature a Native American <laughs> face. What was uh, your first book? My book is also Marvel. It's Doctor Strange. Blah, 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 blah. Number four? Number six. With the incredible team of Jason Aaron and... Uh, Love that guy. What's... Oh, no. Chris Barcello. I knew you could do it. Yeah. Um. So... I love Doctor Strange. The art's been great. Uh, the colors are great. The story is extremely compelling in that early on we were told, you know, doctors like the he was told, you've been using all this magic but you haven't been paying your toll. Like that bill is uh, coming yeah. for you. Like you need to be It seems so mean, but the the toll I guess was like sacrificing a rabbit. That's one of the things. But Aww. um a rabbit? Yeah. Damn. Or I guess that was one example. I don't know if that's like the universal way. Mm-hmm. But um, slowly somebody has been killing off all the Sorcerer Supremes in the different universes. Um, mm. And it's finally gotten to our very own... Well, I guess. I don't know if it's ours. It finally got to Earth 616. And then, Which, is that what they're calling it now? Earth Still? Six, well, you know what? I'm actually not even sure. Just whatever universe this takes place in, it's finally got Have they not... But they haven't done a major, like, title change? No. Not that I know of. Okay. I could I could be wrong, and I just missed it somewhere. Okay. But it finally reaches Doctor Strange's universe, mm-hmm. and all over the world, shit is just going nuts. These statues that have been floating for thousands of years have fallen in shatters. The... This... Uh, statue that was protecting these villagers from this volcano mm-hmm. is now failing and the volcano is killing everybody. Like, all the magic in the world is disappearing. Even down to, like, the... to, like, these very small moments of magic of, like, these people will never meet now mm-hmm. because they were supposed to at this moment and this thing happened and now they will never meet. Um, mm. And so Doctor Strange faces these science beings the empirical were like here to cleanse the world of their plague of magic and make it very science very sciencey interesting do they are they alluding to like cuz this is where i'm not sure if this is like established understanding of magic or like just being written in the story is there like a finite amount of magic or just like there's rules to magic and it requires sacrifice and so it's like a debit almost both like a tab you believe, run. because there's okay. like there's moments where like he's fighting the main empirical leader right and uh, he's like I'm pulling all the magic I can I'm pulling like I'm mustering he's up as, mu- as pulling much pulling it from the ground right yeah there's a there's a panel where it's like I'm sucking 
the like the last of or whatever magic I can directly from the earth, and then turns into like this uh, giant demon rock monster thing and just pans the shit out of the uh, the, the the techno man. Yeah, call him the techno man. Uh, Cliff uh, on XSN was talking about this issue and he referred to it as uh, Doctor Strange's Super Saiyan moment. Yeah. Which is kind of like what Green Lantern had last week when we talk about how he basically became willpower. Mm-hmm. All these, it, it feels like it's like everyone's reaching their fullest potential right now. Yeah. Though, does not quite succeed. Oh. Mm. Uh, the last shot is the leader of the Empirical ripping his uh, cape. Oof. So. No. The story, this Steven. is the... The last days of magic starts now with this issue. The, the, what a, last days of magic. Wow. Then we're getting issue seven, but then we're also getting what is it? Doctor Strange Last Days of Magic number one. Which when they start doing that kind of stuff, that kind of like drives me nuts. Just keep it. Just give me the story in right. the book. I don't need a second mm. book. But well, they were just trying to get you excited for the movie. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm already super excited on board. Movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Cliff also pointed out how uh, similar that cover is to the Haunted Mansion. It's like two different mansions. One's like enveloped in mist and one's enveloped in flames. I Did the Haunted Mansion come out this week? Yeah, I don't Haunted Mansion did. did. Oh, yeah, first I did issue, not even notice. Which was one of the things that they were definitely plugging because I, I think there's still like an almost reminder they need to do of, hey... Disney owns is Disney owns Marvel. Mm-hmm. Disney's going to come out with Disney comics, yeah. but under the Marvel like creative team. Um, and I always like to assert the affirmative about all of them. Um, and I'm told it won't disappoint any diehard fans. Um, but Disney diehard fans, yeah, because mm-hmm. it involves like things like the Matterhorn shows up. Um, they mention they make mention of the Matterhorn um, in Haunted Mansion. So diehard Disney fans, I think, are gonna like it. Cliff was really critical about it. So was Holly. So was Chris. So um, if you want to weigh in on your thoughts about the Haunted Mansion, you can definitely tweet at us. Let us know what you thought of the debut issue. Um, we're going to um, talk about another issue, though. In The Legend of Wonder Woman, which is the book that I've been talking about, and I can't talk enough about it, because I just think it is such an appropriate, um, needed uh, set of context for um, Wonder Woman, uh, but also a new story. It's it's definitely has been chronic, uh, chronicling her from being a child to like growing up um, and fully embracing... Um, what Wonder Woman is. And there's so much that happens in this issue. It's the third issue. Um, the creative team is uh, Story and Pencils by Rene DeLiz. The inks and colors and letters are done by Ray Dillon. Um, and it is one of the more colorful uh, books that I can think of of any of the like larger heroes, but still manages to feel grounded. Um the art isn't like it has very dark moments, mm-hmm. but it's usually a very bright take on Themyscira that's just full of color, and I think it's very fascinating. The um, colors that they use that that Ray Dillon uses a lot of times it's almost as if uh, 
where there would be like a say a jawline um that's that's black um traditionally black ink um he'll do like a like a flesh darker flesh tone um mm. to show that which um when you stop and look at just how many different ways he's doing that it just makes a story that's still grounded in a traditional way but has a just freshness brought to it so i can't say enough about the art but the storytelling in this it has about like five or six different high points i think in terms of of what happens of the first meeting of steve trevor uh and wonder woman which for those of you that are like wait who's steve trevor he is a pilot in world war ii that i believe is flying around the bermuda triangle and gets lost um in um a giant storm and when he washes up on the shore the shores are actually themiscara he has no idea what's going on and so in this issue uh he's doing a lot of talking at diana and you think that it is um going to be the case that she only knows ancient greek when really she knows she knows english as well uh so they have an exchange um, he's basically saying, can you help me get off this island? Um, and she's, he sort of grows on her. But she knows that if she were to take him back to the village, then that um, the Amazonian women would just tear him apart. And they basically do when they find him in uh, the forest. Uh, they're They're getting ready to just tear him apart and kill him when all of a sudden intervenes... Um, Hippolyta, or at least this spectral image version of Hippolyta, who is the lead queen of the Amazons. Um, yet one of the cadets of Hades notices that Hippolyta, why she's glowing and, and all this, um, her voice is a lot like Zeus's. So there is an intervening of the gods um, on on uh, Zeus's end, but also Ares is just pushing these disciples, these these Amazons that really are groupies of uh, of Ares, um, hard to kill the stranger who is Steve Trevor, um, and Zeus says, "No, I command that there be a tournament, and once the victor." Um, comes out of the rubble of of this tournament, they decide the fate. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the people are preparing for the tournament, uh, Diana says that she can't just sit by um, and not have because she knows the fate that'll happen. Of it's almost a pointless exchange for them all to fight just to be like we should kill him. Mm-hmm. So she enters into the ring, uh, but with a a mask that obscures her face pretty much. And for the first time in her life, she fights. And I, there was a really awesome caption because before, uh, her her mother, Hippolyta, would never let her fight. Um, and so they talk about that warrior side of her. It was then Diana felt a part of her that had been deeply buried under self-doubt surfaced. It was time for Diana, daughter of the warrior queen, Hippolyta, only child of immortals, to unleash her fire. And then she just goes full on 300, um, but not quite because when it comes to the kill strike, 
she basically says, do you yield instead? And she's doing that until what was supposed to be a combat of a lot of people fighting only for themselves to be the victor. The Hades crew, or excuse me, uh, the Ares crew gang up um, as a team. And they do something that was forbidden. And they're about to kill Diana when Hippolyta jumps in, says, you three are disqualified. Winner, step up. And it's her own daughter, and she's like very not sure how, how she should do this because everyone in in um, the mascara is like, "You've rigged this, you've rigged this, you've rigged this," and she's like, "Diana, I'm gonna let you decide what we should do." And so Diana says, "I'm going to let um, the stranger make his way out to sea, help him to the boundary line, which apparently they're aware of, uh, which I would imagine is the the parallel line between." Earth and this pockety sort of dimension of uh, Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a big creature that thwarts their journey and forces her across the boundary line into our world in 1944. Nice. So um, that is the legend of Wonder Woman. Um, and again, I think I've talked about it every issue that they've released. Uh, so if you haven't gotten that point by now, pick that up because it is a brilliant, brilliant read. Last book for you, sir. My last book is Headlopper from Andrew McLean, Mike Spicer. And man, got a gorgeous Stucco cover. Go pick it up, even if it's just for the cover, because Stucco can do no wrong. Um, Headlopper is a four-part story. It's been, I don't know how many months now since the last issue came out. But this is number three. Mm-hmm. And I love Andrew McLean's art. He's writing it and doing the art, I believe. Yes. Uh, colors are super bright and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's very Mignola-like, which I'm sure he is extremely proud of. Because there's... there's what makes you say it's Mignola-like? Uh, I'm pretty sure he does like a bunch of the Mignola books, but there's like uh, the way he draws skulls and the way these like monsters and witches look look mm-hmm. very much like they're right out of Hellboy. Yeah, and I'm sure he's either tired of hearing that or is like, yeah, I love Mignola. That's well, why I do this. One of the th- when when you threw that out there, and I'm looking at the art, I think it's interesting because it's almost deceptive. The, the the color palettes of like yeah. Mignola are, are like very specific. Black, red, and yeah, yellow. exactly. It, and this is very bright. this this is very bright. So it wasn't until you pointed to a cloaked figure that is a little dark and seedy looking mm-hmm. that I went, oh, I see exactly what you mean. But yeah, it's in a brighter color palette. Mm-hmm. It's almost striking how different that how much of a difference that makes on the line work and yeah. the characterization. But. It's a great book. Super funny. The He is this massive warrior type man that's mm-hmm. looking around the head of the Blue Witch. I forgot her name, but she just is, talks nonstop mm. and is so funny. Uh, he fights like a giant uh, scorpion-looking monster mm-hmm. alongside this other warrior woman whose name is... I forgot because it was it's one of those like difficult Game of Thrones type names. But the whole meanwhile <laughs> that they're fighting the scorpion, the the blue witch's head is like laying on this table next to this skull mm-hmm. that is just a skull, and she keeps talking to it, 
and it doesn't it doesn't ever say anything back but she like just keeps talking like man how long have you been here wait i just realized you have no eyes did they take your eyes from you <laughs> like oh is this a hunger strike is that what you're doing cuz you can really show them right that's all that you've got left is your hunger strike all i've got is this magic and spits out a little fire <laughs> and then sets fire to the building oh wow so it was just an unassuming, sarcastic head, and then it brings destruction and ruin. Yeah. It, they're really thick. Uh, there's one yeah, more Yeah, I noticed that. That that looks like a... How much is it? Five ninety nine From Image. From Image, yes. Yeah, they don't usually exceed um, two ninety nine unless it's one of their, like, over-oversized issues. Mm. Which, when that's only... Uh, they, don't, they also don't usually do four issues. Well. So, I mean... That's a that's pretty 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 good deal, I'd say. Mm. It's a great book. Definitely go pick it up. So that has been Meltcast 3.0 for this week. We got a lot of talk in about nerdy news uh, pertaining to the Civil War trailer. We also want to make sure before you go, you remember that the Daniel Klaus art signing is happening for patients on March 18th. That is a Friday. That is immediately after St. Patrick's Day. So include that in your partying for the weekend. Saturday is Zine Melt, the day right after. And show up for Zine Melt the following day. And we will see you then. You guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day.